This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. They have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included, and there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep, and a proud member of the Airwave Podcast Network. I have got a wonderful, snoozy bedtime story for you tonight. But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon.com. Cheryl Vaughn, Dan Delahanty, Noelle Gray, Selfworth Habit, Candace B., Jeremy Clem, Annalise Howarth, Heather LaFawn, Gisela Tenney, Sam Dunlop Doyle, and Lynn Tams. Thank you all so, so much for being a part of making this show uh, and donating to the Sleepy Podcast. And I would also really like to congratulate Desmond Thomas, um, one of our wonderful, wonderful patrons who won the raffle that we did last week for The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. So, Desmond, congratulations. You're awesome. You have the copy that we read on the show of Prince and the Popper coming your way with a note of your choosing on the inside. I'll be doing lots more raffles for the books that we read on the show. Um, so just uh, keep an ear out for that. 
And uh, if you'd like to support the show and be a part of making it, then go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio and donate even a dollar a month. It goes a really, really long way. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our new patrons and to all patrons who have been with us since the beginning. Sincerely, thank you. And as always, the music that you're hearing is by my good friend James Lepkowski and the cover art for Sleepy is by Gracie Kanan. Tonight, uh, I'm going to be reading Hansel and Gretel. I got this really great copy of uh, fairy tales from the Brothers Grimm from the Faulkner House Books, which is an old house where Faulkner wrote his first novel. I'm very happy to have this copy in the van as I make my way cross country. I'll be reading a lot from that in the future. But tonight, I'm going to be reading the classic tale of Hansel and Gretel, told to the Grimm brothers by the Wilde family. It's a very, very old story. Um, and yes, admittedly, kind of creepy, as a lot of those old fairy tales kind of are. But it's a really melodic story to go to sleep to. And because it's a little shorter and um, pretty hypnotic in its writing, I'm going to play it over twice. So you can fall asleep to the story the first time and then you probably won't even notice, but it'll, it'll play over again. I had a lot of fun reading this story, so I hope it helps you doze off into a deep, deep slumber. Now's the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes and let me read to you. the edge of a great forest lived a poor woodcutter with his wife and two children, a boy called Hansel and a girl called Gretel. The family had little to eat at the best of times, and what's more there was a famine in the land and often the father couldn't even provide their daily bread. One night, as he lay down in bed worrying about their poverty, he sighed and said to his wife, What's going to become of us? How can we keep the children fed when we haven't any food for ourselves? I'll tell you what, she said. This is what we'll do. Early tomorrow morning, we'll take them into the thickest part of the forest, make them comfortable, light a fire to keep them warm, give them a little bit of bread, and then leave them there by themselves. They won't find their way home and we'll be rid of them. No, 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 said the husband. I won't do that. Abandon my own children in the forest? Never. Wild animals would tear them to pieces. You're a fool, said his wife. If we don't get rid of them, all four of us will starve. 
You may as well start planing the wood for our coffins. She gave him no peace until he gave in. But I don't like it, he said. I can't help feeling sorry for them. In the next room, the children were awake. They couldn't sleep because they were so hungry, and they heard every word their stepmother said. Gretel wept bitterly and whispered, Oh, Hansel, it's the end for us. Hush, said Hansel. Stop worrying. I know what we can do. As soon as the grown-ups had fallen asleep, Hansel got out of bed, put on his old jacket, opened the lower half of the door and crept outside. The moon was shining brightly, and the white pebbles in front of the house glittered like silver coins. Hansel crouched down and filled his pockets with as many as he could cram in. Then he went back inside and got into bed and whispered, Don't worry, Gretel. Go to sleep now. God will look after us. Anyway, I've got a plan. At daybreak, even before the sun had risen, the woman came in and pulled the covers off their bed. Get up, you layabouts, she said. We're going into the forest to get some wood. She gave them each a slice of dry bread. That's your lunch, she said, and don't gobble it up too soon, because there's nothing else. Gretel put the bread in her apron, because Hansel's pockets were full of pebbles. They all set off together into the forest. From time to time, Hansel would stop and look back at the house, until finally his father said, What are you doing, boy? Keep up. Use your legs. I'm looking at my white kitten, Hansel said. He's sitting on the roof. He wants to say goodbye to me. Stupid boy, said the woman. That's not your kitten. It's the sun shining on the chimney. In fact, Hansel had been dropping the pebbles one by one on the path behind them. He was looking back because he wanted to make sure they could be seen. When they got to the middle of the forest, their father said, Go and fetch some kindling. I'll make a fire so you won't freeze. The children gathered some small twigs, a whole pile of them, and their father set them alight. When the fire was burning well, the woman said, Make yourselves comfortable, my dears. Lie down by the fire and snuggle up warm. We'll go off and cut some wood now. And when we finish, we'll come and get you. Hansel and Gretel sat down by the fire. When they felt it must be midday, they ate their bread. They could hear the sound of an axe not far away, so they thought their father was nearby. But it wasn't an axe. It was a branch that he'd tied to a dead tree. The wind swung it back and forth, so it knocked on the wood. The children sat there for a long time, and gradually their eyelids began to feel heavy. As the afternoon went past and the light faded, 
they leaned closer together and fell sound asleep. They awoke to find themselves in darkness. Gretel began to cry. How can we ever find our way out, she sobbed. Wait till the moon comes up, said Ansel. Then you'll see how my plan will work. When the moon did come up, it was full and brilliant, and the white stones Hansel had dropped shone like newly minted coins. Hand in hand, the two children followed the trail all through the night, and just as dawn was breaking, they arrived at their father's house. The door was locked, so they knocked loudly. When the woman opened it, her eyes opened too in shock. You wretched children, you made us so worried. And she hugged them so tightly they couldn't breathe. Why did you sleep so long? We thought you didn't want to come back. And she pinched their cheeks as if she were really glad to see them. When their father came down a moment later, the relief and joy in his face was real because he hadn't wanted to leave them at all. So that time they were safe. But not long afterwards, food was short again, and many people went hungry. One night the children heard the woman say to their father, It's no good. We've only got half a loaf left, and then we'll all starve. We must get rid of the children, and do it properly this time. They must have had some trick before, but if we take them deep enough into the woods, they'll never find their way out. Oh, I don't like it, said the father. There's not just wild animals in the forest, you know. There are goblins and witches and the Lord knows what. Wouldn't it be better to share the loaf with the children? Don't be stupid, said the woman. Where's the sense in that? You're soft, that's the trouble with you. Soft and stupid. She tore him to shreds with her criticism, and he had no defense. If you've given in once, you have to give in ever after. The children were awake, and they had heard the conversation. When the adults were asleep, Hansel got up and tried to go outside again. But the woman had locked the door and hidden the key. Nevertheless, he comforted his sister when he got back into bed and said, Don't worry, Gretel. Go to sleep now. God will protect us. Early next morning, the woman came and woke the children as she'd done before and gave them each a piece of bread, though it was even smaller this time. As they went into the forest, Hansel crumbled his bread up and dropped the crumbs on the path, stopping every so often to make sure he could see them. Hansel, keep going, said his father. Stop looking back all the time. I was looking at my pigeon sitting on the roof, said Hansel. She wants to say goodbye to me. That's not your pigeon, you fool, said the woman. 
towards the sun shining on the chimney, stopped dawdling. Hansel didn't look back again, but he kept crumbling up the bread in his pocket and dropping it on the path. The woman made them all walk fast, and they went deeper into the forest than they'd ever gone in all their lives. Finally, she said, this'll do. And once again, they made a fire for the children to sit by. Now, don't you move, the woman told them. Sit here and don't budge till we come and get you. We've got enough to worry about without you wandering off. We'll be back in the evening. The children sat there until they felt it must be midday. And then they shared Gretel's little piece of bread because Hansel had used all his up. Then they fell asleep, and the whole day went by, but no one came for them. It was dark when they woke up. Hush, don't cry, Hansel said to Gretel. When the moon comes up, we'll see the crumbs and find our way home. The moon came up, and they began to look for the crumbs but they couldn't find any. The thousands of birds that fly about in the woods and the fields had pecked them all up. We'll find our way, said Hansel. But no matter which way they went, they couldn't find the way home. They walked all through the night and then all through the following day and still they were lost. They were hungry too terribly hungry because all they'd had to eat was a few berries they had found. They were so tired by this time that they lay down under a tree and fell asleep at once. And when they awoke on the third morning and struggled to their feet, they were still lost and with every step they seemed to be going deeper and deeper into the forest. If they didn't find help soon, they'd die. But at midday, they saw a little snow-white bird sitting on a branch nearby. It sang so beautifully that they stopped to listen. And when it stretched its wings and flew a little way ahead, they followed it. It perched and sang again, and again flew a little way ahead, moving no faster than they could walk, so that it really seemed to be guiding them. And all of a sudden they found themselves in front of a little house. The bird perched on the roof. And there was something strange about the look of that roof. In fact, it's made of cake, said Hansel. And as for the walls, they're made of bread, said Gretel. And as for the windows, they were made of sugar. The poor children were so hungry that they didn't even think of knocking at the door and asking permission. Hansel broke off a piece of the roof and Gretel knocked through a window and they sat down right where they were and started to eat at once. After a good few mouthfuls they heard a soft voice from inside. 
Nibble, nibble, little mouse. Who's that nibbling at my house? The children answered. The wind so wild. The heavenly child. And then they went on eating. They were so ravenous. Hansel liked the taste of the roux so much that he pulled off a piece as long as his arm and Gretel carefully pushed out another window pane and started crunching her way through it. Suddenly the door opened and an old, old woman came hobbling out. Hansel and Gretel were so surprised that they stopped eating and stared at her with her mouth full. But the old woman shook her head and said, Don't be frightened, my little dears. Who brought you here? Just come inside, my darlings. Come and rest your poor selves in my little box of treats. It's as safe as houses. She pinched their cheeks fondly and took each of them by the hand and led them into the cottage. As if she'd known they were coming, there was a table laid with two places and she served them a delicious meal of milk and pancakes with sugar and spices and apples and nuts. After that, she showed them into a little bedroom where two beds were made up ready with snow-white sheets. Hansel and Gretel went to bed, thinking they were in heaven, and fell asleep at once. But the old woman had only pretended to be friendly. In fact, she was a wicked witch, and she had built her delicious house in order to lure children to her. Once she'd captured a child, whether a boy or a girl, she killed them, cooked them, and ate them. It was a feast day for her when that happened. Like other witches, she had red eyes and couldn't see very far. But she had a keen sense of smell, and she knew at once when humans were nearby. Once Hansel and Gretel were tucked up in bed, she laughed and rubbed her knobbly hands together. I've got them now, she cackled. They won't get away from me. Early next morning she got up and went to their room and looked at the two of them lying there asleep. She could barely keep her hands from their full red cheeks. Nice mouthful, she thought. Then she seized Hansel and before he could utter a cry she dragged him out of the cottage and into the little shed where she shut him in a cage. He cried then all night but there was no one to hear when the witch shook Gretel awake saying get up you lump go and fetch some water from the well and cook something for your brother he's in the shed and I want him fattened up when he's fat enough I'm going to eat him Gretel began to cry but it was no good. She had to do everything the witch ordered. Hansel was given delicious food every day while she had to live on crayfish shells.
every morning. The witch limped down to the shed, leaning on her stick, and said to Hansel, Boy, stick your finger out. I want to see if you're fat yet. But Hansel was too clever for that. He stuck a little bone through the bars, and the witch, peering through her red eyes, thought it was his finger. She couldn't understand why he wasn't fat. Four weeks went by, and she thought Hansel was still thin. But then she thought of his nice red cheeks, and she shouted to Gretel, Hey, girl, go and fetch lots of water. Fill the cauldron and set it on to boil. Fat or thin, skinny or plump, I'm going to slaughter that brother of yours tomorrow and boil him up for a stew. Poor Gretel. She wept and wept, but she had to fetch water, as the witch ordered. Please, God help us, she sobbed. If only the wolves had eaten us in the forest, at least we'd have died together. Stop your sniveling, said the witch. It won't do you any good. In the morning, Gretel had to light a fire under the oven. We'll do the baking first, said the witch. I've kneaded the dough already. Is that fire hot enough yet? She dragged Gretel to the oven door. Flames were spitting and flaring under the iron floor. Climb in and see if it's hot enough, said the witch. Go on, in you go. Of course, the witch intended to shut the door when Gretel was inside and cook her as well. But Gretel saw what she was up to. So she said, I don't quite understand. You want me to get inside? How can I do that? Stupid goose, said the witch. Get out of the way. I'll show you. It's easy enough. And she bent down and put her head inside the oven. As soon as she did, Gretel shoved her so hard that she overbalanced and fell in. Gretel closed the door at once and secured it with an iron bar. Horrible shrieks and screams and howls came from the oven. But Gretel closed her ears and ran outside. The witch burned to death. Gretel ran straight to the shed and cried, Hansel, we're safe. The old witch is dead. Hansel leaped out, as joyful as a bird that finds its cage open. They were so happy. They threw their arms around each other's necks. They hugged, they jumped for joy. They kissed each other's cheeks. There was nothing to fear anymore. So they ran into the cottage and looked around. In every corner there were trunks and chests full of precious stones. These are better than pebbles, said Hansel, dropping some in his pocket. I'll take some too, said Gretel, and filled her apron with them. And now let's go, 
said Hansel. Let's leave these witchy woods behind. After walking a few hours, they came to a lake. It's going to be difficult to get across, said Hansel. I can't see a bridge anywhere. There aren't any boats either. But look, said Gretel, there's a white duck. I'll see if she can help us get across. She called out, little duckling, little duck, be kind enough to bring us luck. The water is deep and cold and wide, and we must reach the other side. The little duck swam up to them, and Hansel climbed on her back. Come on, Gretel, he said. Climb on with me. No, said Gretel. That would be too much of a cargo. We should go one at a time. So the good little bird took them one after the other. When they were safely ashore again, they walked on further, and soon the forest began to grow more familiar. At last they saw their own home in the distance, and they ran up and rushed inside and threw themselves into their father's arms. The man hadn't had one happy moment since he left his children in the forest. Not long after that, his wife had died, and he was all alone, and poorer than ever. But now Gretel unfolded her little apron, and shook out all the jewels so that they bounced and scattered all over the room, and Hansel threw handful after handful after them. So all their troubles were over, and they lived happily ever after. At the edge of a great forest lived a poor woodcutter with his wife and two children, a boy called Hansel and a girl called Gretel. The family had little to eat at the best of times, and what's more, there was a famine in the land, and often the father couldn't even provide their daily bread. One night, as he lay down in bed, worrying about their poverty, he sighed and said to his wife, What's going to become of us? How can we keep the children fed when we haven't any food for ourselves? I'll tell you what, she said. This is what we'll do. Early tomorrow morning, We'll take them into the thickest part of the forest, make them comfortable, light a fire to keep them warm, give them a little bit of bread, and then leave them there by themselves. They won't find their way home, and we'll be rid of them. No, 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 said the husband. I won't do that. Abandon my own children in the forest? Never. Wild animals would tear them to pieces. You're a fool, said his wife. If we don't get rid of them, all four of us will starve. We may as well start planing the wood for our coffins. She gave him no peace until he gave in. But I don't like it, he said. I can't help feeling sorry for them. In the next room, the children were awake. They couldn't sleep because they were so hungry 
and they heard every word their stepmother said. Gretel wept bitterly and whispered, Oh, Hansel, it's the end for us. Hush, said Hansel, stop worrying. I know what we can do. As soon as the grown-ups had fallen asleep, Hansel got out of bed, put on his old jacket, opened the lower half of the door and crept outside. The moon was shining brightly, and the white pebbles in front of the house glittered like silver coins. Hansel crouched down and filled his pockets with as many as he could cram in. Then he went back inside and got into bed and whispered, Don't worry, Gretel. Go to sleep now. God will look after us. Anyway, I've got a plan. At daybreak, even before the sun had risen, the woman came in and pulled the covers off their bed. Get up, you layabouts, she said. We're going into the forest to get some wood. She gave them each a slice of dry bread. That's your lunch, she said. And don't gobble it up too soon, because there's nothing else. Gretel put the bread in her apron, because Hansel's pockets were full of pebbles. They all set off together into the forest. From time to time, Hansel would stop and look back at the house, until finally his father said, What are you doing, boy? Keep up. Use your legs. I'm looking at my white kitten, Hansel said. He's sitting on the roof. He wants to say goodbye to me. Stupid boy, said the woman. That's not your kitten. It's the sun shining on the chimney. In fact, Hansel had been dropping the pebbles one by one on the path behind them. He was looking back because he wanted to make sure they could be seen. When they got to the middle of the forest, their father said, Go and fetch some kindling. I'll make a fire so you won't freeze. The children gathered some small twigs, a whole pile of them, and their father set them alight. When the fire was burning well, the woman said, Make yourselves comfortable, my dears. Lie down by the fire and snuggle up warm. We'll go off and cut some wood now. And when we finish, we'll come and get you. Hansel and Gretel sat down by the fire. When they felt it must be midday, they ate their bread. They could hear the sound of an axe not far away, so they thought their father was nearby. But it wasn't an axe. It was a branch that he'd tied to a dead tree. The wind swung it back and forth, so it knocked on the wood. The children sat there for a long time, and gradually their eyelids began to feel heavy. As the afternoon went past and the light faded, they leaned closer together and fell sound asleep. They awoke to find themselves in darkness. Gretel began to cry. How can we ever find our way out, she sobbed. Wait till the moon comes up, said Ansel. Then you'll see how my plan will work. 
when the moon did come up. It was full and brilliant, and the white stones Hansel had dropped shone like newly minted coins. Hand in hand, the two children followed the trail all through the night, and just as dawn was breaking, they arrived at their father's house. The door was locked, so they knocked loudly. When the woman opened it, her eyes opened too in shock. You wretched children, you made us so worried. And she hugged them so tightly they couldn't breathe. Why did you sleep so long? We thought you didn't want to come back. And she pinched their cheeks as if she were really glad to see them. When their father came down a moment later, the relief and joy in his face was real because he hadn't wanted to leave them at all. So that time they were safe. But not long afterwards, food was short again and many people went hungry. One night the children heard the woman say to their father, It's no good. We've only got half a loaf left and then we'll all starve. We must get rid of the children and do it properly this time. They must have had some trick before, but if we take them deep enough into the woods, they'll never find their way out. Oh, I don't like it, said the father. There's not just wild animals in the forest, you know. There are goblins and witches and the Lord knows what. Wouldn't it be better to share the loaf with the children? Don't be stupid, said the woman. Where is the sense in that? You're soft, that's the trouble with you. Soft and stupid. She tore him to shreds with her criticism, and he had no defense. If you've given in once, you have to give in ever after. The children were awake, and they had heard the conversation. When the adults were asleep, Hansel got up and tried to go outside again. But the woman had locked the door and hidden the key. Nevertheless, he comforted his sister when he got back into bed and said, Don't worry, Gretel. Go to sleep now. God will protect us. Early next morning, the woman came and woke the children as she'd done before and gave them each a piece of bread, though it was even smaller this time. As they went into the forest, Hansel crumbled his bread up and dropped the crumbs on the path, stopping every so often to make sure he could see them. Hansel, keep going, said his father. Stop looking back all the time. I was looking at my pigeon sitting on the roof, said Hansel. She wants to say goodbye to me. That's not your pigeon, you fool, said the woman. It's the sun shining on the chimney. Stop dawdling. Hansel didn't look back again, but he kept crumbling up the bread in his pocket and dropping it on the path. The woman made them all walk fast, and they went deeper into the forest than they'd ever gone in all their lives. 
Finally, she said, this'll do. And once again, they made a fire for the children to sit by. Now, don't you move, the woman told them. Sit here and don't budge till we come and get you. We've got enough to worry about without you wandering off. We'll be back in the evening. The children sat there until they felt it must be midday. And then they shared Gretel's little piece of bread because Hansel had used all his up. Then they fell asleep, and the whole day went by, but no one came for them. It was dark when they woke up. Hush, don't cry, Hansel said to Gretel. When the moon comes up, we'll see the crumbs and find our way home. The moon came up, and they began to look for the crumbs but they couldn't find any. The thousands of birds that fly about in the woods and the fields had pecked them all up. We'll find our way, said Hansel. But no matter which way they went, they couldn't find the way home. They walked all through the night and then all through the following day and still they were lost. They were hungry too terribly hungry because all they'd had to eat was a few berries they had found. They were so tired by this time that they lay down under a tree and fell asleep at once. And when they awoke on the third morning and struggled to their feet, they were still lost and with every step they seemed to be going deeper and deeper into the forest. If they didn't find help soon, they'd die. But at midday, they saw a little snow-white bird sitting on a branch nearby. It sang so beautifully that they stopped to listen. And when it stretched its wings and flew a little way ahead, they followed it. It perched and sang again, and again flew a little way ahead, moving no faster than they could walk, so that it really seemed to be guiding them. And all of a sudden they found themselves in front of a little house. The bird perched on the roof. And there was something strange about the look of that roof. In fact, it's made of cake, said Hansel. And as for the walls, they're made of bread, said Gretel. And as for the windows, they were made of sugar. The poor children were so hungry that they didn't even think of knocking at the door and asking permission. Hansel broke off a piece of the roof and Gretel knocked through a window and they sat down right where they were and started to eat at once. After a good few mouthfuls they heard a soft voice from inside. Nibble, nibble, little mouse. Who's that nibbling at my house? The children answered, The wind so wild, the heavenly child. And then they went on eating. They were so ravenous. Hansel liked the taste of the roux so much that he pulled off a piece as long as his arm 
and Gretel carefully pushed out another window pane and started crunching her way through it. Suddenly the door opened and an old, old woman came hobbling out. Hansel and Gretel were so surprised that they stopped eating and stared at her with their mouths full. But the old woman shook her head and said, Don't be frightened, my little dears. Who brought you here? Just come inside, my darlings. Come and rest your poor selves in my little box of treats. It's as safe as houses. She pinched their cheeks fondly and took each of them by the hand and led them into the cottage. As if she'd known they were coming, there was a table laid with two places and she served them a delicious meal of milk and pancakes with sugar and spices and apples and nuts. After that, she showed them into a little bedroom where two beds were made up ready with snow-white sheets. Hansel and Gretel went to bed, thinking they were in heaven, and fell asleep at once. But the old woman had only pretended to be friendly. In fact, she was a wicked witch, and she had built her delicious house in order to lure children to her. Once she'd captured a child, whether a boy or a girl, she killed them, cooked them, and ate them. It was a feast day for her when that happened. Like other witches, she had red eyes and couldn't see very far. But she had a keen sense of smell, and she knew at once when humans were nearby. Once Hansel and Gretel were tucked up in bed, she laughed and rubbed her knobbly hands together. I've got them now, she cackled. They won't get away from me. Early next morning she got up and went to their room and looked at the two of them lying there asleep. She could barely keep her hands from their full red cheeks. Nice mouthfuls, she thought. Then she seized Hansel and before he could utter a cry, she dragged him out of the cottage and into the little shed where she shut him in a cage. He cried then all night, but there was no one to hear. When the witch shook Gretel awake, saying, Get up, you lump. Go and fetch some water from the well and cook something for your brother. He's in the shed, and I want him fanned up. When he's fat enough, I'm going to eat him. Gretel began to cry, but it was no good. She had to do everything the witch ordered. Hansel was given delicious food every day, while she had to live on crayfish shells. Every morning, the witch limped down to the shed, leaning on her stick and said to Hansel, Boy, stick your finger out. I want to see if you're fat yet. But Hansel was too clever for that. He stuck a little bone through the bars, and the witch, peering through her red eyes, thought it was his finger. 
she couldn't understand why he wasn't fat. Four weeks went by, and she thought Hansel was still thin. But then she thought of his nice red cheeks, and she shouted to Gretel, Hey, girl, go and fetch lots of water. Fill the cauldron and set it on to boil. Fat or thin, skinny or plump, I'm going to slaughter that brother of yours tomorrow and boil him up for a stew. Poor Gretel. She wept and wept, but she had to fetch water, as the witch ordered. Please, God help us, she sobbed. If only the wolves had eaten us in the forest, at least we'd have died together. Stop your sniveling, said the witch. It won't do you any good. In the morning, Gretel had to light a fire under the oven. We'll do the baking first, said the witch. I've kneaded the dough already. Is that fire hot enough yet? She dragged Gretel to the oven door. Flames were spitting and flaring under the iron floor. Climb in and see if it's hot enough, said the witch. Go on, in you go. Of course, the witch intended to shut the door when Gretel was inside and cook her as well. But Gretel saw what she was up to. So she said, I don't quite understand. You want me to get inside? How can I do that? Stupid goose, said the witch. Get out of the way. I'll show you. It's easy enough. And she bent down and put her head inside the oven. As soon as she did, Gretel shoved her so hard that she overbalanced and fell in. Gretel closed the door at once and secured it with an iron bar. Horrible shrieks and screams and howls came from the oven. But Gretel closed her ears and ran outside. The witch burned to death. Gretel ran straight to the shed and cried, Hansel, we're safe. The old witch is dead. Hansel leaped out, as joyful as a bird that finds its cage open. They were so happy. They threw their arms around each other's necks. They hugged, they jumped for joy. They kissed each other's cheeks. There was nothing to fear anymore. So they ran into the cottage and looked around. In every corner there were trunks and chests full of precious stones. These are better than pebbles, said Hansel, dropping some in his pocket. I'll take some too, said Gretel, and filled her apron with them. And now let's go, said Hansel. Let's leave these witchy woods behind. After walking a few hours, they came to a lake. It's going to be difficult to get across, said Hansel. I can't see a bridge anywhere. There aren't any boats either. But look, said Gretel, there's a white duck. 
I'll see if she can help us get across. She called out, little duckling, little duck, be kind enough to bring us luck. The water's deep and cold and wide, and we must reach the other side. The little duck swam up to them, and Hansel climbed on her back. Come on, Gretel, he said. Climb on with me. No, said Gretel. That would be too much of a cargo. We should go one at a time. So the good little bird took them one after the other. When they were safely ashore again, they walked on further, and soon the forest began to grow more familiar. At last they saw their own home in the distance, and they ran up and rushed inside and threw themselves into their father's arms. The man hadn't had one happy moment since he'd left his children in the forest. Not long after that, his wife had died, and he was all alone and poorer than ever. But now Gretel unfolded her little apron and shook out all the jewels so that they bounced and scattered all over the room, and Hansel threw handful after handful after them. So all their troubles were over, and they lived happily ever after. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.